The Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio present this recording from Saver 2013 in New York City. This recording is from Saturday, June 15th. A Taste of Virginia from the Brew Ridge Tail Breweries. Featuring Mark Thompson from Star Hill Brewery, Jason Oliver from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, and Danny Wolf from Wild Wolf Brewing Company. So welcome to A Taste of Virginia from the Brew Ridge Trail Breweries. You'll have to excuse me, I'm drinking water, how embarrassing. My name's Acacia Coast, I work with the Brewers Association. It's the association that's not-for-profit trade association that represents craft brewers across the country, small and independent traditional brewers. Um, we are pleased to welcome you to Savor tonight. Thank you for coming. The, the, um, I think the, the food has been some of the best food we've ever put forth for an event. I think it's just been outstanding. Um, if you could, please, I have some really quick housekeeping things to fly through. If you could please help me get through these real quick, and then I'll introduce our fabulous speakers tonight. We, if you could please put your phone on silent. Silence your phones, please. We're recording the sessions tonight. The sessions are being recorded by Craft Beer Radio. They'll be available to you on craftbeer.com later on. And as such, if you guys have questions, it would be very helpful if you could speak into a microphone, which I will bring for you so that in these recordings we can hear the questions later. I want to thank our Saver supporters. I want to thank especially Manhattan distribu Beer Distributors, our host distribution company, and uh, Hotman for supporting this salon specifically. I want to introduce you to Mark Thompson, Jason Oliver, and Danny Wolf. Mark Thompson is from Star Hill. He's the founder and master brewer of Star Hill. Come on up. Come on, don't be shy. So these guys are going to tell you a little bit of their story. I'm just going to introduce them for you. Jason Oliver, brewmaster at Devil's Backbone. <laughs> Always graceful. <laughs> it's getting late into the evening. Danny Wolf, brewmaster and co-founder of Wild Wolf Brewing Company. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for coming out and supporting. Thank you. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well? You guys having a good saver? I, I would uh, agree with uh, Keisha and Bob Pease in the back of the room that this is the best saver that uh, I've ever done. It's great to be in such a city like New York City. It's been an awesome uh, couple of days for, I think, all of us. Um, no real agenda here tonight. I guess I'll start off and I'll pass the, uh, the microphone down. My name is Mark Thompson, the founder of Star Hill Brewing Company. And we're really blessed to have such a triumvirate of uh, great craft brewers in the state of Virginia. I think Virginia is really rising to the top of uh, the national scene on the East Coast for uh, beers coming out of, uh, out of our state. Very proud of that. We've got uh, each of us brought our own individual beer that we'll talk a little bit about. We'll pair those with some foods. And then I think the last beer is a collaboration that we uh, have done once a year for the last five years. So Mark Thompson, Star Hill Brewing Company, and, uh, and that's who I am. I'm going to pass it off to uh, my crazy cousin. <laughs> crazy like a fox. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm Jason Oliver, uh, founder and brewmaster for Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. And uh, we started about four and a half years ago as a brew pub in rural Nelson County, which uh, about 28 minutes south of Star Hill, uh, about 35 minutes southwest of Charlottesville, Virginia, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, about a year and a half ago, we opened a bottling facility to sort of just sort of 
expand and uh, get our beer out to a wider audience. And um, I guess like we're kind of all all here because several years ago we decided that you know we have a really unique opportunity. We we are all breweries in a beautiful place. We're all breweries in the Blue Ridge Mountain area of Virginia, Central Virginia. And it's, it's a neat area because it's a semi-rural area. It's uh, usually up until this point in history, all breweries were in heavily densely populated areas, were in urban areas. And so we decided to sort of link together and really announce ourselves and really, you know, we're proud of ourselves and really try to promote ourselves as a whole is that, hey, look, come down to Central Virginia. We have a density of really cool breweries in this unique pocket of a beautiful place. And so then we founded what's called the, we call it the Brew Ridge Trail, which is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I still like, it's a tongue twister for me and it, I've been involved in it for like, what, four years. So it's like, it, it still is um, a really fun thing. So, so that's the sort of like where we all here. We have, we have um, four member breweries right now with five facilities. Uh, three of us are, are, are here tonight. Um, the, the total um, number of breweries or total member breweries are Star Hill, Devil's Backbone, uh, Wild Wolf, Blue Mountain, and South Street. And so uh, those are all members uh, from Charlottesville and then the surrounding county of Nelson. So that's where we're all started from. And uh, I'll pass it over to uh, for Danny, uh, who is um, from Wild Wolf. And we'll kind of like ramble on from there because I've already rambled on. So... Hey guys, um, I'm Danny from Wild Wolf Brewing Company. I'm, I'm co-founder, head brewer. My mom and I started this company about three years ago. We've been brewing in a pub for about a year and a half now. We do about 2,500 barrels. We'll probably do about 2,500 barrels this year. So we're, we're new and growing. We're the babies of the Brewerage Trail. I, I, I would just like to let y'all know how honored I feel tonight to be sitting next to these two young gentlemen um, who happen to be my inspiration and I, I take a lot of guidance and creative kind of uh, support from these guys. Uh, Mark um, at Star Hill, I, I started in the brewing industry with them, volunteering on their bottling line. Uh, probably what six years ago when you guys got that started up um, Jason Oliver more recently has opened up right up the street from where we are now in my hometown currently Nellie's Ford Virginia he as well has been a, a lot of help and very inspirational uh, especially watching both of them win a ton of awards at the GABF World Beer Cup so uh, I'd like to start with that um, Wild Wolf's a lot of fun for us it's uh, this, this guy over here is Josh, our brewery manager. Uh, literally, him and I make every single drop of beer that goes through that brewery ourselves. There's nobody else involved. We have a guy who actually just quit, who scrubs the floor every now and then. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you all for being here and supporting us. I, I really appreciate it. I, I can't tell you how, how much fun this is for me this evening. So, um, so it. I guess uh, to uh, kind of 
uh, <laughs> to kind of continue with this. So, you know, Brewers after the late at night, uh, we get a little like this way, a little goofy, a little punchy, <laughs> but uh, but it is quite an honor. And any, anyone who uh, travels down to Virginia or travels throughout kind of, you know, the 81 corridor coming south or 64 going east or west, we have a very unique thing going on, uh, you know, not as maybe as robust as Asheville, North Carolina, but if you do come to the central part of Virginia in the, uh, in the hills, uh, you know, along the Appalachian Trail, you'll see a, a four breweries all nestled together and there's a, that synergy kind of of that motor mile where you can come and experience uh, for you know four to five different breweries in a very unique setting and we all have a d- unique different approach and a different bent on things so it's, it's just a, a camaraderie that you don't really get very much uh, from other brewing cities and brewing towns and uh, when we first started in 1999 we were the only brewery and uh, that was kind of a lonely feeling so people will often pit us against one another and say well aren't you guys competition or don't you play against one another well no collectively we win together so if we remain friends and we remain strong and we brew together once a year or so we will continue to educate the consumers continue to take market share from what is you know big beer and it's something that we we believe and i think we'll take to our grave um we have fun doing what we're doing this is a business we understand we have to make a profit to stay in business but at the end of the day our quality of life is always the most important thing that we do. We want to die happy people, and that's where beer is going to make beer us here. happy, uh, happy all the way together. So. So I guess the first beer that just went around was my beer, it looks like. Uh, so, you know, being the jokesters that we are as brewers, we, uh, we, uh, we, we all realized at one point when we were kind of pitching this salon idea that we all had an imperial stout at the time. Well, well why don't we all send our imperial stouts out to, uh, to savor for the salon, and we'll send a food pairing, and we'll kind of compare the, uh, you know, the beer and the food, the beer and the food pairing. So I, uh, I sent, um, uh, this is Cryptical Imperial Stout. Uh, we do an imperial stout once a year. It's about uh, 7 8% alcohol. Uh, the word cryptical and a little bit about Star Hill's background is uh, we're kind of the music lifestyle brand. So if you were at Bonnaroo, which you're not because it's going on right now in Manchester, Tennessee, you'd see Star Hill beer and we'd be flowing out the, in the beer. If you went to Delfest or if you go to some Dave Matthews concerts or Fish concerts or if you go to some of the venues, uh, we're a music lifestyle bi- a brand that does a lot of music. Cryptical uh, got its name. Uh, it was an introduction uh, for a song uh, the Grateful Dead used to do called The Other One. So it was a, kind of a brief uh, intro during the late uh, kind of 1960s and the acid-fused uh, days of the Grateful Dead, and we have a beer called Dark Star Stout, which is kind of the baby brother to this beer. But this is our this is our version of an American Imperial Stout. Uh, it's got dry hopping, so you get a nice hop note. And then what we did with this beer is we put it in uh, in whiskey barrels. We put it in some bourbon barrels for about two and a half weeks. We get our whiskey barrels from a craft distillery in Lewisburg, West Virginia. If you're ever on 64 and find yourself in West Virginia, the smooth ambler guys. So we get these barrels really fresh, um, you know, dripping with, uh, with bourbon. So as you, as you spin and smell this beer, you're going to get a little bit of that kind of American dry hop aroma. As you take the first sip, you're going to get definitely some vanilla notes, a little bit of tart, charred oak notes. Um, it's going to pair with that uh, chocolate brittle. So we, uh, we make a, uh, with, the, with our Dark Star Stout, the baby brother of a uh, cryptical uh, local candy maker makes this brittle um, that we sell in our tasting room. So you're going to get uh, kind of a sweet little t- uh, chocolate note on the candy. You're going to get kind of of a dry, tart, almost a little astringent note from the from the tannins in the barrel, and a little bit of a dry hop note. So this is a Star Hills Cryptical Imperial Stout. It's pairing with the uh, the chocolate brittle. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thank you.
chirp, chirp, chirp. Are there so any, questions? <laughs> any questions about that beer before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next beer hasn't come out yet. So we're, uh, we're, uh, are there any questions about uh, anything you've heard so far today or questions about this beer? So as an Imperial Stout, this is, in, in a way, it's a little light. Was that a decision? Yes, absolutely. So on the you know, Imperial Stouts range from about 7% on the low end to about 11% on the high end. The decision for us was to make this beer a little bit on the lower end because um, this beer is, is sold commercially. It's in our Variety 12 pack. So uh, this, the decision was to make it in, in the American style, I guess, lower in alcohol and a little bit more in the uh, hop aroma, hop uh, ABV, uh, in the uh, dry hopping. So the alcohol is about uh, about eight percent, and it could range upwards of. And I'm not sure with the rest of these guys. I'm sure some of them are going to be nine, maybe ten percent. But uh, that was our decision. Ours is twelve. <laughs> Danny's is twelve. Yeah, I think we're ready for the next you know, next beer. Yeah, Wild Wolf, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Danny, I think you're up. Wild Wolf's uh, Imperial Stout's coming out next. Uh, this is actually not our Imperial Stout. I guess some lines got crossed at some point, and I believe Jason and I changed our beer from an Imperial Stout to different beers. Uh, my beer is the anniversary beer. You never told me about this. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the Nor emails, me. Mark. This is not fair. Talk to Josh. <laughs> Um, uh, this is our anniversary beer that's being poured for y'all right now. We have some smoked cheddar from our pub, and we do smoke the cheddar in-house. And then Savor's been good enough to provide us with some chocolate brie, or some strawberry brie as well. Uh, this beer is very light. Um, we were thinking about, Josh and I were thinking about what we wanted to do for an anniversary ale, uh, 11, 11, 11 is when we opened up our pub. We had actually been operating for about a year before that. We consider that to be our grand opening and official opening. So this was our first anniversary, quote unquote, beer. Um, and we were just kind of thinking, you know, what is Wild Wolf? What is Wild Wolf beer? What, what do we do that sets us apart? And, and the more and more we looked, we, we, just, we like to just take styles and kind of bastardize them and, and, and do a different thing than most people and, and have fun and kind of try to trip you up a little bit when you look at it. My favorite thing is to make a black beer that doesn't taste like a black beer. So this is a black Belgian single. It's actually a session single. Um, that inspiration came from Mr. Jason Oliver, who's been reaming, reaming me about making some session beers recently because we tend to make very strong beers most of the time. Um, so we do a, uh, we did a black Belgian single. We used Cinnamar, which is a malt colorant, um, all natural. It's, it's legal for use in Germany. It, it comes from black malt, but they actually kind of carbon filter it to remove a lot of the flavor and aroma. So you get that black color and that black velvety mouthfeel without a lot of the roastiness. And there's also dehusked malt in it. So that the, the, the husk is where a lot of the bitterness comes from in the malt. So we, we use dehusked malt. And again, it just gives you a, a nice soft touch of, of darkness. Um, this beer also has local honey in it. Another one of my favorite, uh, favorite ingredients to use is local honey. We get it from right up the street in Nelson County from, a, I believe, Hungry Hill Farm. Um, it's, it's great honey. I use the B grade, the baker's grade. It's a little darker, provides a little bit more flavor. 
We also added some uh, peppercorn into this beer, another one of my favorite ingredients, especially for Belgians. I, I will not make a Belgian beer, basically, without some peppercorn in it. I, I love it. I love what it does. Um, so it's, it's just a really fun, light, refreshing beer. Again, it's black, but it's super refreshing. So, so for summertime, wintertime, front porch, dinnertime, dessert, it's a very versatile beer. Uh, Josh and I are very happy with the way it turned out. And it, it was funny when we designed the recipe, we were actually up in Northern Virginia for our first time doing a ride-along um, when we had first expanded up there. We were doing a ride-along with our distributor, and I was in the back seat, he was in the front seat, and we were just talking about what we wanted to make. And um, I, I was like, you know, session beer, and Josh was like, Belgian session beer. And I was like, all right, well, let's make it black, too. And... And we just, it's a lot of fun working with this guy over here. We've, I've kind of um, designed every single recipe with him since he's joined the team. And it's, it's been very beneficial, uh, both, both for team building and I, I think we end up with better recipes as well. It's not a me-centric beer, it's an us-centric beer. And, um, you know, the teamwork for us in our brewery is very important since we're so small and so kind of understaffed. We, we need to be on point and, and talking to each other and working with each other. So this was a really fun beer for us to put together. We actually brewed uh, our first time together uh, before he even worked for us. Um, he, he was a GM at a restaurant, and we did this awesome double white IPA. We called it the Double Team White IPA. But um, this beer is just kind of highlights what we do well. It, it throws you for a loop with the color. The flavor is nice and refreshing. Um, it, it, it washes that cheese down really well. It, it works well with light fruits. It works well with chocolate. It works well with barbecue. Just a very fun, fun light Belgian-style beer. Um, I, I hope you all enjoy it. And just to comment on this beer and just philosophically a little bit, um, you know, I commend Danny on, on doing this beer. Like I'm a big fan of having flavorful sessionable beer as part of the portfolio and i think we all like you know we all agree to that um your grateful pale ale that you just released amazing delicious love that beer um so i think in this grand scheme of things in craft brewing that there's strong beers there's very intense beers and and they're amazing and they're complex but there's no reason why we can't have flavorful beers um, of low alcohol and like this beer look it has color it has flavor and it has a low ABV this is like beer you can have a couple of and, and so I think it's a really great thing and I think that's everyone on the trail has certain examples in this, in this niche they might not all be Belgian they might not all be black but we all have very flavorful full flavored sessionable beers along with mid range beers and of course you know, the more eclectic, uh, higher-range beers. And so I think you're going to see this more and more in our portfolio, and I, I, I commend this because, look, you know, it's like I think craft beer is diverse. It's, it should not all be really strong beer. It should not all be really hoppy beer. You know, we have the, the wonderful ability to do a, a, a selection, a wide variety of beer, and, um, and I think the Bridge Trail is sort of a microcosm of that. We do have a great selection of different types of beers that really, that really like, you know, span the spectrum. Um, and so just once again, just to kind of wrap up my little like, you know, monologue here is that I, I really love the fact that 
Danny made a, um, a really approachable, full-flavored session beer. And so that's great. And that's something that we've all done. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to add on to that. Like one of the things I mentioned about having four or five breweries all around together is great because we all, in addition to sharing best practices, which we do, we're you know sh- sharing cups of sugar. We've talked about how we love one another, but we also raise the bar with one another. We also then push each, push bah, push each other to make better beers. Because if I know Danny's making a beer like this and Jason's making something his Schwartz beer, if you've never tried that Schwartz beer, that pushes me at Star Hill to make beers a little bit better. And and I was going to jump in. Uh, one of Jason Oliver's, I'll give away his most magic secret. It's that Cinnamar ingredient. It's basically liquid extract tar. It's this black tar that you add to beers like this that I think Danny had mentioned he uses in this. Uh, Jason refers to this as mother's little helper. But it's brewer's little helper. So this is like brewer's little helper where you can make a beer that is very light in body, very complex in nature. It has a lot of color, but it's still a light-bodied beer. So this Cinnamar ingredient that I, I really give uh, bow and homage to Jason is the first one that ever uh, ever kind of turned me on to this. And I will never forget the first uh, co- collaborative beer we did, which was five years ago. Jason's cup. Jason's thing is he brought this this like little jug of, of Mother's Little Helper, and um, and we use a little bit of it, and we've ever you know I've been uh, turned on to it ever since. So, having these guys as comrades and friends just raises the bar. Uh, Danny, you did a, a heck of a job with this beer. Congratulations, great job. So, stylistically, what is your favorite beer? All three of you. Pilsner. Um, you, you know, you, you don't get much better than a crisp, clean beer that you can drink a lot of. It comes from the motherland in Germany. I, I am part German and part Czech, and I, I just love the Pilsners. And I think, I mean, every beer is kind of a Pilsner to begin with. You just add a little bit more to it. Um, it's, it's definitely my favorite. No, I definitely have a soft spot for uh, nice, crisp, hoppy uh, Pilsners as well. I really have, you know, I definitely, you know, it's weird. Like, I definitely, f- maybe it's like just sort of the American uh, supersize-ness in me that I really like to drink more than, like, you know, a couple beers. You know, I really like to have a couple beers. So I really like a good sessionable beer. But a sessionable beer with flavor, you know. So I do like to in, end off a night, you know, with a nice, uh, really robust beer, you know, and a goblet and just sort of reflect on the day's happenings. But, you know, a Pilsner, a, uh, a Belgian Blonde has complexity, but not necessarily. It's kind of mid-range in alcohol. Um, or you know a um, you know Belgian wits are great, but I, I I prefer kind of like the lower spectrum because I really like sort of the ritual of drinking. Like you know, there's sort of like there's a ritual of hanging out. There's a ritual of drinking. There's a r- glass where the atmosphere, the company, and so you know. Um, you know, it used to be like back in my younger days. There was a different ritual of different things, but but it, but, but 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 there's. I wasn't ritual. with him at that concert. No, no. <laughs> but but the ritual, seriously, like you know, the ritual of hanging out with friends, a ritual of of drinking, of 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 like you know, really appreciating, you know, 
think about a beer. Okay, pour it in a glass. Look at it, smell it, taste it, drink it, enjoy your, the company. It, it's a wonderful thing. So, like, I really like the ritual. And the more I can kind of like stretch out that that that, the better. You know what I mean? I'm not like gonna be drinking a 23% alcohol beer, then writing notes on and on like you know the website or my blog, and then falling asleep. You know, it's like I really want to enjoy the ritual. Yeah, the social aspect, but also like you know I'm a I'm a geek. You know, like you know, I think someone here said like you know there's no one geekier than uh, <laughs> than Bruce. But anyway, like I love every single aspect of it. You know, so so it's the company, and it's everything that's gone into this, and everything that's gone into this is like a millennium of society, and so. So yeah, so the more I can extend that, the better. So that's me. I, I would answer that in a very similar way, a little bit tongue in cheek, but I truly believe it, is that you know, we as brewers are blessed and we're honored that there's nothing much more important than beer. Every race, religion, culture, and creed on this planet celebrates their rite of passage around a fermented cereal grain beverage that we call beer. And that's how important beer is. The word bridal came from bride's ale, where it was given as a dowry gift to the bride who was getting married. And we take that very seriously and very passionately. So, you know, I, I often will say in that tongue-in-cheek way as well, is like the best beer in the world is what? It's always the one in front of you. Because the best beer in the world is the one in front of us tonight. We gather in tribes, we gather in groups, and we gather as, as a community, and we do the ritual of drinking. And the ritual of drinking is so important. We come from a town called Charlottesville, Virginia, where there's a little guy called Thomas Jefferson who wrote a pretty famous document on the, on the back of a napkin. It's called the Declaration of Independence. And, and he wrote that where? At a Philadelphia brew pub, hanging out, kicking back a few pints of porter. And we now celebrate America based on the fact that the Jefferson was there writing documents around pints of beer. And I truly believe as messed up as this world is right now, and specifically Washington, D.C., if we got back to the ritual of drinking beer together as friends and as comrades and as compatriots, we would be solving a lot of the world's problems. And I know that we all agree with that. So best beer in the world is always the one in front of you. I like a good IPA. Uh, Northern Lights is mine. It's in my contract that uh, I have to have <laughs> green M&Ms, Northern Lights, and some tube socks when I come to town. But that's a great question. Thank I you. Can I get a booyah? Booyah! Cheers, man. Cheers. <laughs> Other questions? I think... Yeah. Um, well... Just briefly, I'll just talk about the beer that's in front of you right now. Uh, so uh, the third beer has come out, and that's uh, the Devil's Backbone Wood Age Kilt Flasher. And that is a, um, a Scottish-inspired Wee Heavy-style ale that we then age with wood from a distillery that's in Culpeper, Virginia, which is in central Virginia, this uh, distillery called Belmont Farms. And I don't know if any of you ever seen that Moonshine show on, I think, Discovery. There, he's, he's in the opening credits, and he's been in an episode or two. It's a guy with, like, a big old, like, handlebar mustache. And he's like, here's how we make the moonshine. And, 
And anyway, but he's a legit distillery that's been around since the 80s, way, well before the sort of like the, the craft distilling sort of thing has been uh, getting, gaining steam. And so this guy's a real hoot. And so I've been like really interested in distilling, like just I really like the process of things and just something to really just sort of explore. So I remember going down to his joint when I worked at my previous job, which was at uh, uh, Gordon Beer's Brew Restaurant. So I was a Mid-Atlantic uh, Regional Brew Supervisor out of D.C. And I used to go down and visit him because I was interested in distilling and, you know, go to his place. And he used to sell like his charred oak that he used to start his whiskey off and he had his own unique process where he started his whiskey off in stainless steel vats with oak that he wrote, that he cut from his farm and, and charred and then he would move it into barrels after it sat for a couple months in like these vats with this wood and then he would sell the wood in his, uh, his tasting room for people to barbecue with it and so, so people would barbecue, you know, and it would great, give a great flavor to the barbecue, right? Well, I would take this wood, I'd buy like, you know, a gallon bag of it. And I worked for, for a company that brewed all German-style beers and didn't really deviate. But I w- what I'll do is like, you know, kind of make a keg's worth. I'll take our Doppelbach and age it on this wood. And that'll be the head stash. And then so like when people... So I bring it to like the brick scaler or like other things or, you know, various tastings or when people come by, I let them like, you know, taste my, my special stash beer that I made like, you know, soaking with this wood. And so when I left Gordon Beers to help open up Devil's Backbone in 2008, you know, I went to him when I did my wood agent because for two factors, first I knew his product and it was local, you know, like we all feel very strongly about supporting the local, you know, you, everyone wants to really source out the local ingredients, you know, it's a very holistic, very like, you know, like, you know, it's the circle of life. And so... And so I've used, I've used his stuff ever since, you know, I went down to Devil's Backbone. But I tell you what, the guy's a hoot. Like, so I'll go there, I'll roll in there with, like, a couple growlers of beer, and he would, um, he would give me, like, you know, he would trade some wood for it, right? And so I went, and we will do this, like, you know, a couple times a year. We went in through expansion. We opened up our production brewery, like, and I hadn't seen the guy in about a year, right? So I roll up there, and I had a good stash from before, but I roll up there like a couple months ago, and I was like, hey, Chuck, man, I haven't seen you for a while. Hey, you wouldn't happen to have any like wood I can get from you? And he's like, yeah, I've been saving it for you. And he took me back, and he had these trash cans, these brand-new trash cans filled with this stuff. And, like, I mean, just overflowing. And I was like, that's awesome, you know? This guy, like, you know, we dealt with each other, but, like, you know, it was a very casual relationship. But he really remembered that, yeah, I really enjoyed using his wood for the beer. And and so we didn't have any – and I didn't – I rolled up there, like, just really didn't think he had that much. I didn't bring – usually I bring buckets with me. I didn't have anything. So we put it in trash bags and loaded up the back of my little Honda Fit with this stuff. And <laughs> – and and so I'm driving out of that place, and it's just like whiskey fumes, just filling, filling the cab of that vehicle, and and literally I have a I have a, a pocket breathalyzer because look, let's face it, this is my business to go out to tastings and drink and this and that. So literally every about ten minutes, I'm breathalyzing myself because like I'm thinking like literally I can be getting drunk off these fumes in my car, and then I have this like really kind of like dichotomy or not dichotomy but I have this conflicting thought it's like 
man, I hope I don't get pulled over, but I kind of hope I do. <laughs> because like, what would I say to a cop? I mean, this like like bourbon, like whiskey smells just like would be like wafting out of my doors, and like it's almost visible. It's palpable the smell, and so. So I made it back to Charlottesville, and then I took everything out of my car and left it on my porch until the next day I drove it to work. And it's just like, uh, so it's fun. You know, it's, like, it's really, th this whole industry is fun. Um, you know, using this local ingredient is fun. Um, you know, some people put beer into barrels. I put the, the whiskey wood from this one distiller into my beer, and that's what this is, is the wood-aged killed flasher. And I think it's really interesting is that, you know, it really does bring out that sort of like, vanilla note which is very common from wood vanillin is a compound in wood that's what really makes bourbon and certain whiskeys and rums have that really rich vanilla note and um and i think that's well well established in this beer so anyway that's my little antidote about this beer the wood age kill flash the next beer is coming out which is our collaboration beer and uh i guess uh mark you maybe can explain how it came together is there a question in the back there? Question? Oh, I... Hello? Yeah, I had a quick question actually going back a beer um, as to a little bit more about the, the secret ingredient you have in the Wicked Wolf. Is that, you know, you said you like to kind of throw people for a loop making a dark beer that doesn't necessarily taste like what we would expect of a dark beer. Is that ingredient more for color or is there well, or is the flavor of the beer coming from that as well the, the, the idea behind the cinemar is it's um, run high school certified or whatever you want to say it's, it's, it's made from barley it's not this color that I'm putting in there it's real roasted extract from barley what they actually do though is condense it um, and, and first, before they condense it, I've actually seen the plant where they do this. Jason's had the honor to. Mark, have you ever been out to Bamberg? No. Oh, it's a shame. I hope you get out there soon. But uh, no, it, it's real cool. It's 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 kind of in this like middle, kind of like an almost outdoor area in the middle of their brewery, and they they basically just cook roast malt. And then they take that roast malt and they literally send it through a carbon filter. So you're removing the aroma and the flavor from it. And then they condense it. So you end up with this all-natural malt ingredient for coloring that, that I, I think it adds a little bit of silkiness, a little bit of, of velvety, that, that, that dark mouthfeel without the dark astringency and bitterness um, it, it's called Cinemar. You can pick it up at any good homebrew shop. Um, it's 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 a great thing. You can take uh, our, our beer downstairs. The strawberry Schwartz cake is is another one that'll throw you for a loop. It's pitch black, but it doesn't taste like it. You can take it and put it into a pilsner and make a black. You can make a Schwartz beer like that. And you can like pour Budweiser into a glass and put a couple oh. drops of this stuff in there and make a Schwartz beer very easily. Um, it's just a, it's, it's a neat ingredient. It's, it's something that kind of came from the Reinheitsgebot, like acidulated malt, because they can't add acid into their beer, so they would sour their malt naturally and put that in there. Um, it, it's just a fun ingredient. It's, it's, it's one of probably 10, 15 that we have in the brewery that it's just, when you're doing a fun beer it's, and you're trying to get wild, it's fun to take these wild ingredients and just... See, see what happens ultimately. Do you think that answered your question? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, not much flavor. I think it adds a little bit to the mouth feel, but that's just about it. So what's the dream in terms of the next beer for each of you? What's the dream? Um, As far as what I want to make next, if I had my choice, I would... I, I really want to do a smoked pilsner soon. Uh, a very lightly smoked pilsner. Um, I, I, I like, I love the malt from Vireman, the, the Beechwood smoked malt from, from Vireman. Um, I'm probably going to do a, a homebrew, little homebrew five-gallon batch of it in the brewery here in a, a couple of weeks. But um, what is it? The uh, what, what, what brewery? Shankrala does uh, an amazing smoked malt out there or a smoked beer out there, and then they, they make a Pilsner, 100% from Pilsner out there, with no smoked malt in it, but because their brew, brew house is so old and probably not you know, perfectly clean through all the lines, you get a little bit of smoke, you get a decent amount of smoked flavor in that Pilsner. It's just one of the most drinkable, amazing beers I've ever had in my entire life. You know, I've heard that as well, and I'm totally appalled by that. But, <laughs> but, but that said, like, you know, like, I'm not going to question that because that, that is the conventional wisdom out there. It's really interesting. Uh, you know, I like to put flavors in that I want to put in. But, but, you know, man, I love what I do, and I think all of my neighbors love what we do. And we're constantly thinking about new things, and we have the best jobs in the world. I am eternally grateful to do what I do. To put one, I have brewed over 90 different beers at our original facility, and you know what? The, the ideas have not dried up. Like, and, and it's like, it gets so difficult because we have the, all these old favorites, right? Pick one, what would the next one? I mean, I mean, I can tell you the next one. It might not be like you know a blockbuster, but we have so many different out there. The next one, the next one. Uh, oh, what's on the the blackboard? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I t- okay, for example, I can tell you what's new right now. That might help a little bit, at least in our pub. So we have a brew pub and a production facility. The brew pub is has been great because it's sort of like the the test facility. Of, of you know what we decided to do and we play out things there and that's where my passion lies that's where I do my best work you know that's what I'm all about and so um, you know we did um, okay I'll tell you what about a collaboration we did recently which was a lot of fun and and I like this example because we're taking an idea that I never would have thought about myself and I really like that I like when someone else can give me inspiration because I have my own ideas. I have no shortage of ideas, but it's sometimes like great when you have an idea from left field. So, so we're dealing with like Patrick from Citizen Burger Bar in Charlottesville, and he's like, "Man, I want to do a beer that tastes like grilled lemons." I'm like, "Grilled lemons, really?" It's like, "Yeah, I got this chef buddy who does this great grilled Caesar with grilled lemons, and it's awesome salad and this and that." I'm like, "Okay, grilled lemons. How am I going to instill that into a beer, right?" And so it's summertime, uh, so we're like, okay. So I decided using this uh, smoked wheat malt from uh, Bomber, Germany. It's oak smoked wheat. Uh, most of the smoked malt there is, is beechwood. But anyway, they do this oak smoked wheat malt. Um, 
So we use some of that, and then I we have a smoker behind our brew pub, so we smoke some lemongrass and we smoke some coriander, and we use uh, a blend of yeast, both a vice yeast and a with beer yeast, and we make this beer that tries to emulate smoked lemon. So you get some citrus character from lemongrass. You get citrus character from coriander. You get some smoked notes from, well, the smoked spice, but really from the smoked wheat malt. And we make this beer that, like, I never would have thought about putting those combinations together. But I had a task. And it's really cool to be given something and be like, okay, I got to make a palatable palatable beer i'm not gonna totally got to like screw off but i didn't want to like i thought that was a great idea like but i wouldn't think about that like so it was a great it was a great task and we made this beer that outsold our vice beer for the first week you put it on or, or really since then like you know, it's like this unique combination of flavors and so it was awesome and that's what I love that aspect of taking ideas, whether it's my own or someone else's, and trying to breathe life in life into it. You know what I mean? So, so, so that's something that we did. That did I was really proud of because I never would have thought about smoked lemon in a beer. Like, I never would have thought about that. Uh, we call it summer grass, um, and because we smoked uh, lemongrass along in, in into that beer, so. I guess I'm gonna be well, short. You, you I don't have time. The, the, no time. Yeah. It is all these like microphone hogs down here, like taking up, taking up all of my space, all of my DJ stuff. Uh, we need to talk about the collaboration, AS. I, I got to answer that real quick. Uh, to, to his point, first is yeah, a bunch of rookies down here. But uh, uh, I agree that we have the best job ever in the world. My my, my approach at Star Hill is pick what you love and go follow that love and make it better every single day. I like hoppy IPA, so I'm making my Northern Lights, the best-selling IPA in the state of Virginia, better every freaking day. And I think my consumer and myself will go to my grave thinking, if I make my beer better every day, I mean, I agree with all this smoke lemongrass and the head stash this and, like, smoke a bowl that. I mean, I got all that, but, like, we're trying to make a business, and like, I'm trying to send my kids to college, and I'm not sure how many people are drinking that stuff. I mean, you might write about it on your little blog that no one reads, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to make Northern Lights my beer better every day. So I'm like, Ow. I like the hot profile. I'm going to dry hop this beer a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of hops from here, seal it from there. There's a new variety there. So that's kind of my approach there. I'm going to kick off uh, once a year, we make a collaboration beer. Probably the proudest moment of the Brewage Trail that I give Jason, the uh, he's the most one of the most creative guys that I know. And he he's came up man. with that tongue-tied twister name that somehow stuck, Brewage Trail. Uh, but once a year, for the last five years, uh, the collective brewers have all gotten together and made a beer. Uh, we started off at Star Hill Brewing company i think five years ago we made a black uh black ipa and we've made a black triple we've made several others throughout we've made one with danny uh basically with some fruit and some honey but so on and so forth but the beer you have in front of you is the one we're really 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 excited about and there's not a better day to live that life that jason talked about to be the brewer and we do have the best freaking jobs in the world is that we came up with this triple ipa basically the qualification was you bring a box of your favorite hops to our to the brewery and we're going to 
to sit at the workbench that morning for about 20 minutes, and we're going to scratch out in the back of a napkin a recipe, and we're going to you know, hit the hammer down, and we're going to make a beer. So this beer has more hops than I can even remember what it was, but all of your classic Centennial, Simcoe's, so on and so on. And we made this beer at about 9.5%, 10% alcohol. It's been dry hopped with a Falconer's Flight, Simcoe, Centennial. Um, and I can't be more proud, Mosaic, more proud of all the brewers for making a beer like this. And we do it once a year down to the Brewage Trail. And if That's you get happy. a chance and you're in Virginia, you better damn well come see us. So, <laughs> ow! Uh, Patrick. Okay. And, and, and this beer, like, it has a, a really hoppy mouthfeel. Like, it's a really interesting beer where, like, it's hoppy, but it's very drinkable. It's very smooth. It's very round. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it, this is a beer as a triple IPA should be is one to, like, you know, kind of kick back and uh, sip on it and enjoy it. And uh, like Mark said, we all brought hops. Um, I brought Mosaic, which is uh, a uh, new hop that uh, my friend Patrick hooked me up with. And uh, thank you. And um, what did you bring, Danny? Falconer's Flight. It's a blend, mostly Sea Hop, Centennial, Cascade, uh, Columbus, uh, Citra, Sea Hops. Yes, my question is very simple. So um, in New York City, we've got Blue Mountain. When are we going to get you guys? What was the question? I was looking at his beer glass. What's that? So, yeah, so, uh, Star, yeah, Star Hill is uh, evaluating. Star Hill just launched in New Jersey. So we're in nine states from New Jersey down through uh, the Carolinas. And we are looking at the, uh, New York here um, uh, in, in 2014. But when I, come to, when I come here, you better still be here. You better not be sleeping with some other brewery. My promiscuous uh, consumers out there, like they only want what they can have. And part of the beauty of craft and the, and the horror of craft is I have a very promiscuous clientele. You, got, you sleep around a little bit on me. You only, you only put one keg of on at a time. But, uh, but w w Star Hill should be here soon. I'm sure Devils will be here. You know, I like to say I, I hope we don't come into New York anytime soon. And uh, <laughs> the reason for that is that, you know, is, well, I mean, we were... I think we're all blessed with this great rising tide of interest in craft beer, and uh, we're all doing our best to keep up with demand. It's great to be in a situation where people are really interested in this and what we do, or they're interested in good beer, they're interested in local beer, they're interested in craft beer, and and so so Devil's Backbone is, you know, we're we're in a limited footprint of Virginia, D.C., and limited in in Maryland. And that, you know, we're going to expand holistically, you know, we're, we're not going to jump states. We're going to kind of like, you know, just kind of grow out outwards. And, um, you know, so, so, you know, there's certain people in my company who, who really want to the push for things. And like, you know, I really want to, and, and, and that's good. And but the beauty of it is like, you know, everyone is in a good position right now because there's so much interest in that, you know, we're just about growing, um, you know, holistically, and uh, and um, I'm sure, um, yeah. Anyway, that's where we are. Um, I would love to be in New York. I'd love to be in New Jersey. We are family-owned. Uh, we are growing about thirty percent a year. 
I don't believe that we will ever be up here. One of my biggest things is if I can't, if I can't personally be there a decent amount of time um, to, to make sure that you are experiencing my beer the way that you should be experiencing our beer, I, I don't want you having it. Last thing I want you to do is try a wild wolf and have a bad experience and not be close enough to fix that. And that's, that's my commitment to my crowd is, is, you know, when you drink our beer, uh, Josh, Josh is all over Charlottesville. We're, we're all over Richmond. We're all over Northern Virginia. We travel on our days off for the company. I mean, literally Saturday, Sunday, we're, we're at a beer festival. Um, it, it's great. Uh, I like wintertime when I get more days off, though. Um, I, I mean, I love beer festivals, but um, they... They, they wear, wear you down eventually. Uh, I, I, I believe that craft beer should be local. If I were to come up here to New York, I'd almost have to build a brewery up here in New York. I'd go a state or two away from Virginia and be there quickly, easily, help you fix your problems. But all the way up here in New York, I mean, Josh and I and my mom drove for 11 hours to be here these two days. And, and that was, that was painful, and, and truthfully, I really don't want to have to do that any time again, ever. So, we'll, we'll take the train next time. But, um, train, train's great, wonderful idea. So how would you um, characterize your local craft beer market, especially with uh, the advent of Green Flash coming in soon? You know, there's a thousand ways to answer that question. My opinion is still and always will be the rising tide lifts all, all boats. But there is an interesting, and, and you know, the acacias and the, the BAs of the world can tell you there it, it is a kind of like it's like that derecho storm. You see the clouds on the horizon, and then and if craft beer is growing at 15 percent, which is a great growth number, but the number of openings is at 23, 24 percent, something's got to give somewhere. So, I mean, it's great the green flash is coming in, and I, I think that the ch- I mean, there's so many challenges out there. Is there too much capacity being built right now? Is the you know, is the New Belgiums and the Sierra Nevadas building in Asheville with Dale's Pale Ale and Green Flash and, and Sweetwater just building another 500,000 barrels of capacity in Atlanta, Georgia. Is that con- you know, concerning? I mean, yes, it is. I, I think to the point that we've been trying to make is there, there's this, this hyper-local thing going on, there's a regional thing going on, and then there are a few that are going to be a national thing going on. So you, you really, as a brewery and a supplier, need to pick what you're trying to do. I mean, Star Hill's vision statement is that we want to be an, you know, the most successful East Coast brewery, uh, sought after, delivering freshest, highest quality beer. So we hope to be... God bless you guys. Good night, everybody. Hey, say hey. But that's uh, kind of what hey we're now, trying hey to now. do, exactly. Hello. <laughs> I like to I like to say a um, a foaming tide cleans many shirts. Uh, tide a foaming tide. A foaming tide. Anyway, uh, you know, I think the, these breweries, like you know, who are moving east, uh, they're already in the market. You know. They, they are moving east because it really makes good business sense. It's, it's really environmentally friendly. It's energy efficient. Make, why ship heavy beer across the country, right? And so 
it, it, it has a, it makes a lot of sense to open up breweries. I mean, this is not new. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, Miller, all the great breweries, and even breweries that are no longer around anymore had multiple units are all around the country. Um, and so I, I think, you know, they're, they're gonna, you know, the fact that they're going to be like, say, for example, Green Flash in Virginia is going to be, it's going to be good. It, it's going to be good for them. There, there's going to be a little more of a local tie-in, but it's not going to be a huge local tie-in. Like, in fact, that it's not going to detract from us. You know, we, we will and always will be Virginia breweries. And whether we're in Virginia, a Virginia brewery or a New York brewery, you know, Virginians will like Virginia breweries and New York will like New York breweries. And, and of course, we, we like all other breweries too. So, and it, it's like, you know, these breweries are already in the markets. So it's not like they're building a brewery and they're brand new to the markets. Now they've been in the market for a long time. And so, so yeah, it's going to change the dynamic a little bit, but not hugely so. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, like, like Mark, Mark Thompson has been a great, like sort of like elder statesman for the, 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 the old timer. You. <laughs> no, you know, like he's all these mean. young whippersnappers going to punch him. Like it's a whack-a-mole is what it is right now. You ever <laughs> played whack-a-mole? You got that little hammer and all these little young punks are like popping up everywhere. Like, so, so like, no, but seriously in our area, like, you know, and, and really, it's largely because of uh, folks like Mark Thompson that has has really started a um, you know a philosophy. And you know, brewers like wherever I was, actually, I've been really blessed by having brewers who really like each other and really try to support each other. And when I moved down to Virginia, it was a brand new territory for me. I I, I moved down from D.C. to Virginia, just a couple hours away, not a huge jump, but but like. Uh, you know, Mark and other people at Star Hill have been really accommodating. And so, but that's a statewide too. Like it's a great scene. And so if other people come in the scene, you know, that's fine. You know, like no one's going to diss them. And, and then the population as a whole, I think is going to still, you know, they're, they're going to accept them, but they're also going to be really tight to the local breweries. I mean, I think that's everywhere in this culture. I think it's a throwback that people don't want to be treated like commodities anymore. And that's everywhere in this country. And, and that's, that's a blessing we have as craft brewers that people want to support what's local. And if there's another local brewery, that's fine. There's a lot to go around. Anyway. I think Acacia's giving us the uh, all, all good sign. Are we good? Yeah, she's, she's giving us things. Thank you guys very much for supporting uh, Saber for the Brewers Association, Virginia's Craft Beer Trail. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Saber. Thank you very Thanks, much. Everybody. God bless. Thank you very much. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this recording from Saber 2013, brought to you by the Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio. You can find the rest of the salons from Saver 2013, as well as all the salons from previous years at craftbeerradio.com slash saver or on craftbeer.com. Craft Beer Radio is a weekly beer podcast that you can listen to on iTunes or from our website at craftbeerradio.com. <laughs>